Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric, and this is episode 40. Yeah, welcome back, my gruesome addicts. I'm so sorry about not releasing uh, an episode last week. We're just really busy with life. But I realized how much I, you know, missed, you know, recording and stuff. So I'm glad that we're back. And I'm even happier that you guys are back with us for another horrible, gruesome case. And thank you for being here and any new listeners. So let's just get into it. Let's do it. You ready? Yep. This is the story of Skylar Neese. Skylar Annette Neese was born February 10th, 1996 in Morgantown, West Virginia to father David Neese and mother Mary Neese. She was their only child and was described as rambunctious as a toddler. Her dad also stated that she accelerated in reading and math and that she was an all-around intelligent little girl. When Skylar was in nursery school, she met Morgan Lawrence and the two became best friends. As they grew older, Skylar said that she wanted to become a criminal lawyer and Morgan was going to be a meteorologist. They also made a pact that they were going to be in one another's weddings because they didn't have sisters. When Skylar was eight years old, she eventually met Sheila Eddy, who became, uh, you know, another best friend to her. She was such a good friend. Her Skylar's parents thought of her as like another daughter. Like she was always over at their house hanging out with Skylar. So by the time Skylar and Morgan began high school at University High School, which was founded in 1925 and located at 131 Bakers Ridge Road, Morgantown, West Virginia, 26508. And their mascot was a hawk, in case you wanted to know. Cool. Once they began high school, uh, Skylar and Morgan started to kind of like drift apart. They were still friends. They just kind of hung out with other friend groups kind of thing. It was in 2010 that Skylar's best friend, Sheila, met another girl by the name of Rachel Schaff. And once Rachel transferred over to, you know, this high school at University High School, um, the three just kind of hit it off. So Skylar, Sheila, Rachel became like best friends. They were like such good friends to the point where everyone stated that the girls were like just inseparable. They were always around each other, always hanging out. And they even called themselves like the three musketeers. This is where the true story starts. The day is Thursday. July 5th, 2012, which just happens to be my birthday. 16-year-old Skylar was working at her job at Wendy's. After her shift, Skylar went home and changed into her pajamas. Then she heads over to her mom. She puts her arm around her, gives her a hug and a kiss. She tells her she loves her. Then she tells her dad she loves him, and she heads off to bed. The next day, her this is now Friday, July 6th, her mom goes to work, but when it's around noon, um, Skylar, you know, should be home summer so her dad goes knocks on her door because she was supposed to give him a ride to work so that way she could use the car to drive herself to work later on that night david goes over to skylar's room to his surprise she wasn't there he thought that was kind of weird but you know he wasn't too alarmed so he just decides to call his wife mary she answers and david explains that skylar wasn't at the house but mary just assumed that she was out with friends swimming or shopping and just forgot to tell them so she wasn't too worried about it she told David that Skylar worked at 4 p.m. that night at Wendy's, so about, you know, 10 minutes after 4, she would call to make sure that Skylar was there. David agreed, and they hung up the phone. He was still curious, you know, if Skylar was with friends, so he called her best friend Sheila, and she didn't know where she was. She had, wasn't hanging out with her or anything, and so he called some of her other friends, still got the same answers. Nobody knew where she was. So... There's conflicts about, like, he stepped outside. I don't, I don't know if he was trying to look through her window or something to see, like, maybe she was sleeping, she wasn't answering what or whatnot. I don't know if he stepped out to smoke a cigarette or what. But either way, he goes outside and he finds a little, like, bench that was placed under her window and the window screen was missing. 
The minute he saw that bench, he called Skylar, like her phone, repeatedly, like around 10 times, but there was no answer. So he left a voicemail because he was pissed. He was like, if you stuck out last night, you're, like, you're going to be in trouble, like, <laughs> you know, but she never called back. There was no answers. Like her mother stated, she was waiting for it to be a little after four to call Wendy's, and that's when her phone rang. On the other end was Skylar's manager from Wendy's asking Mary if her daughter was going to show up for her shift that day, and that's when everything changed for Mary and David. They were completely shocked at this news. Then Mary got another call, but this time it was Skylar's best friend, Sheila. She confessed to Mary that Skylar snuck out that night. Sheila and Rachel picked her up, and the girls went for a joyride. But about an hour later, they dropped her off down the street as they didn't want to wake up David and Mary, Skylar's parents. And this was around, they said this was around midnight on July 5th, going into July 6th. The girls, like, they love to smoke weed, so I'm sure that's what they were doing. Just going around, like, smoking weed or whatever, so, yeah. So Skylar had actually done that once before with Rachel and Sheila, so it wasn't a big surprise to her parents. But they were caught because they were out past curfew. Oh, remember those days? teenager having curfew no i never got caught Ugh, whatever <laughs> it's horrible so her parents started to believe that skylar may have been abducted anywhere from between where the girls said that they had dropped her off and their house or i think they lived in an apartment david then freaks out so he calls 911 and he tells them that his 16 year old daughter is missing 24 hours go by since skylar was missing and there's still no word Police did not issue an Amber Alert because they just assumed she was a runaway and that she left voluntarily. David, Skylar's father, checks their security cameras because Mary's like, dude, like, we have security cameras. Let's check those, see if we can see Skylar. And sure enough, they see her kind of fastly walking to a car that pulled up at 12.30 a.m. on July 6, 2012. And she gets in the right back passenger seat. So now her parents are like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, she snuck out like twice that night. Supposedly, she went with Rachel and Sheila. They dropped her off at midnight, and then she's sneaking out again. Like, really weird. David showed police this footage, but police couldn't, like, kind of see the maker model of the car that was on this footage. And, of course, I'll post pictures of the footage on, you know, our social media pages. Around this time, Skylar's best friend, Sheila, went over to Mary and David's home to comfort them. You know, this was her best friend. These are, like, almost her other parents, you know, so... Sheila, I, I believe she may have went over, Sheila and her mom may have went over there, but Sheila and Mary went up to Skylar's room and they sat on her bed while they just cried and sobbed together. Sheila told her that everything was going to be okay and that they were going to find her and bring her home. Sheila stated how much she missed and she loved Skylar. That's when Mary and Sheila went out putting like missing posters of Skylar. They even went like door to door asking if anyone had seen her, but no one had seen Skylar at all. A candlelight vigil was held for Skylar and all of her friends showed up. Rachel and Sheila went up to David and Mary, gave them hugs while they all cried together. While all that was going on, police were investigating into her disappearance more and found out that she hadn't been using her cell phone or her ATM card. I mean, Skylar's 16 at this point, so of course she's going to be using her phone. I mean, right? Remember when we were 16? You yeah. sound like a motherfucker. <laughs> so this is when police started to think that she was not a runaway and something may have happened to her. Tips started to come in about seeing Skylar anywhere from California to New York but none of these tips panned out. Social media is, you know, huge at this point, so rumors were going around about her maybe being involved in robberies that had taken place in the area at that time, which I thought that was kind of weird. But another rumor was that she overdosed at a party and the partygoers were just scared and they hid her body and didn't say anything about it. It was a month since Skylar had disappeared and school was starting up again that fall. Uh, Morgan, who was her childhood friend that she met at the nursery, 
she stated that it was really hard for her that day to go back to school and she was glad that she didn't have any classes with her because she was afraid maybe during like roll call or something that you know the teacher would call out her name and she would just lose it the FBI actually went to their school, University High, and started to question students. They questioned Sheila and Rachel even more, you know, even more than any of the other students at the school because obviously they were there that night with Skylar, you know, the night that she disappeared. So much to the point where Skylar's parents told police to stop harassing Sheila because she was not involved in her daughter, like their daughter's disappearance. Like, that was their other daughter. They knew that she would never do anything to her, you know, hurt her best friend. Although this didn't stop police, they still questioned Rachel and Sheila. You know, they were just like, let us do our job. <laughs> we need to question them. Both of the girls stated that they picked her up, they smoked some weed, and they dropped her off down the street around midnight. And these girls stuck to that story. They had the exact same story. So that's kind of weird. After finding out the make and model of Sheila's car, they looked at any footage of them, like, you know, if they could find any footage of them driving around. And sure enough, they found some footage, but they were driving in the opposite direction that they had told police. Also, all of their cell phones were pinging in areas that they had never mentioned to them either, to the police. Daniel was friends with uh, Rachel, and they were, like, in a drama class together, and he was questioned. He mentioned to police that they didn't seem off, you know, like, that Rachel and Sheila didn't seem off, but they were more, like, secluded to themselves that they, than they had ever been. I don't know if this is because they lost one of their really good friends or what. He had also heard rumors around school that maybe the girls were hiding something or maybe they were trying to protect Skylar from something. Investigators brought the girls back in, and they both had changed their story, saying they went to Blacksville. And on the way there, the girls got in, a, got in an argument, and Skylar asked to just be let out of the car. And they did, and she was gone. And that was that. And they had the same exact story again, so they changed it, same story. A short documentary that actually I watched, um, Daniel, Rachel's classmate in drama, stated that Rachel started to show even more emotion at school, which is kind of weird. Like, she was, like, holding something in. So for Mary and David, that Christmas had approached and there was still no sign of Skylar. So they stated that it was just another day for them. But just three days later after Christmas on December 28th, 2012, remember how I was just saying that Daniel was saying that Rachel was kind of being more emotional and she, maybe she was hiding something. So on that day, December 28th, Rachel snaps at home and her mom calls the police and that this, this is that call. I have an issue with a 16-year-old daughter of mine. I can't control her anymore. She's screaming. She's running through the neighborhood. Give me the phone. No, this is over. This is over. Hurry up. Oh, God. Hurry up, please. So yeah, uh, Rachel just freaks out on this call. So she was sent to Chestnut Ridge Center, which is a mental health facility. And just days later, she asked to speak to police. And that's where she was taken to the police station. Once they sat down, investigators asked Rachel what happened. They asked if, you know, they're referencing to Skylar. They asked Rachel, um, you know, was it was it a party? Like referencing, did she overdose at the party? Like everyone was kind of saying. But Rachel just turned bright red and said, quote, we stabbed her, unquote. Mm. Rachel and Sheila had actually intended to kill Skylar that night, and they were successful, unfortunately. So this is the real story of what had happened. The girls had been arguing about petty things prior to her death to the point where she was just feeling left out because Rachel and Sheila were always hanging out without Skylar. And that just like really pissed her off because they were supposed to be best friends together, especially because Skylar and Sheila were best friends before Rachel came around, you know? Yeah. She was kind of just feeling left out. Rachel and Sheila had actually joked in the past about killing Skylar, 
but it was kind of taken as a joke because other students had heard them talking about this, but they're like, oh, they're best friends. Like, they're just joking around. I think at this point, the girls were, you know, like I was saying, they're annoyed of Skylar and didn't want her around anymore, so they made this plan. Rachel took a shovel from her garage and put it in the trunk of Sheila's car. They also put clean clothes and cleaning supplies in the trunk. Rachel stated that Sheila brought a kitchen knife as well, like a bunch of kitchen knives. What a fucking premeditated fucking right plot. A uh, six, they're, they're, be- all they're all six. 16 and they're best friends. A bunch of bitches. Seriously, petty little teenagers. What the fuck like, is wrong with them to take it that far? Just don't fucking hang out with somebody. Right? Exactly. Just don't be friends with her anymore. Instead, like, they're fucking getting shovels and shit. Like, what the fuck? Yes, like pre-planning. It's terrifying. Like... Oof, girls in high school. So July 4th, uh, Sheila and Rachel had been hanging out by themselves and Skylar found out and she even tweeted about it. By the way, it's so crazy. All these tweets are still on Twitter. Like I've been looking at them this entire time. Like it's unbelievable, especially Sheila tweets the most stupidest things and it's like five tweets in one day. And it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. But um, Skylar stated in one of the tweets on July 4th, 2012, Quote, sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, friends. Love hanging out with all of you, too. Unquote. Her last tweet was posted July 5th, 2012, saying, quote, you doing shit like this is why I will never completely trust you. Unquote. Rachel and um, Sheila had actually called her and apologized, and they were just begging her over and over and over again to hang out with them that night, and that they were going to make it up to her. So this is their way of pretty much like luring her into this whole situation. Skylar did hesitate at first and she didn't want to go because she was pissed, you know, but they just kept begging her and she finally agreed and she decided to sneak out that night so that they we could they could like smoke weed together and kind of rekindle their relationship or their friendship, I guess, right? Going back to the security footage from the niece home showing Skylar getting into a car at 1230, which now we know that was Sheila's car and Rachel was in the passenger seat. Rachel told investigators that they drove about an hour past Blacksville in West Virginia, down a windy dark road in Wayne Township, Pennsylvania. So they crossed the border into Pennsylvania now and eventually found a good spot and they just kind of pulled over. They all got out of the car, but after walking a bit, like where they were going to go smoke, they realized, oh no, we forgot our lighter, you know? So Skylar goes back, she turns around to go get one. And at this point, Rachel and Sheila were ready. They made eye contact and they said on three. So they counted to three and started stabbing Skylar in the back repeatedly. At one point, Skylar did gain control of the knife and she slashed uh, Rachel's leg. But Rachel grabbed the knife back from her. And according to Rachel, her last word was, quote, why? After Skylar's supposed best friend sat there literally hearing her die and just waiting for her to die, they attempted to bury her in the ground, but the ground was just so hard. So, you know, they couldn't really do that. So instead, they drug her over to a tree and they covered her body with branches and leaves. After they covered her, they went to a creek that was nearby and they washed all the blood off and changed into the clean clothes that they put in the trunk. It's just wild to me that these 16 year old girls like thought of all this. Like, it's just mind blowing. The investigators asked Rachel what their motive was and she said, quote, we just didn't like her. We didn't want to be friends with her anymore, unquote. So it's like you're saying, it's like, stop being friends with her. Like, she has other friends at the school. Like, fuck, she doesn't eat. Literally, it's unbelievable. Take it that far. Rachel also stated that she wanted to be done with the murder before she went to church camp. Cleanse your sins. Yeah, it's a great way. Great way. Go to church camp after you fucking murder your supposed best friend. After telling them what had happened, 
Rachel actually led the police to Skylar's body so that they could recover her. That was March 13th, 2013, six months after her two, like I said, supposed best friends brutally stabbed her and left her dead in the woods. Since it had been six months, there were only scattered like remains left to test for Skylar's body. She was found in Wayne Township, Pennsylvania, like I was saying. She was less than 30 miles or 48 kilometers away from her home. By the way, the only people that knew about these remains at this time were the police, because they didn't tell, you know, inform the public or anything, were the police and uh, Skylar's parents, and obviously Rachel. So Sheila had no idea. She had no idea that Rachel had just fucking ratted her out and, like, pretty much ratted herself to, you know, confess to everything. And... So Sheila actually tweeted the day that Skylar was found, March 13th, quote, the pain is real. In another tweet, she wrote, quote, rest easy, Skylar. You'll always be my best friend. I miss you more than you could ever know, unquote. Fucking psycho. Like, she has no idea what's going on. She tweets all this stuff. Like, it just makes her look even more psycho. (laughs) This tweet had, like, uh, pictures of the three of them, too. There's, like, three different ones with the pictures of uh, Sheila, Rachel, and Skylar. And like we've been kind of saying, it's truly disturbing that these girls did this. And, you know, like you were saying, like she could have just or they both could have been like, hey, we don't want to be friends with you anymore. It's easy as that. You don't have to go kill your friend or supposed friend, I guess. Right. Police didn't arrest Sheila right away because they needed to get a confession out of her. So they actually used Rachel in an attempt to get answers and they wired her. She went over to the house. They kind of hung out. But Rachel like couldn't get anything out of Sheila. She was not talking about anything that happened that night with Skylar. Eventually the police obtained a warrant for her house, Sheila's house, well, I guess her parents' house. They obtained all the kitchen knives and as well as uh, Sheila's car. Police found Skylar's DNA in the back of Sheila's car, though, because I mean, I'm sure they put the knives back in there or the clothes or whatever the the hell they had, you know? She was actually arrested while she was having lunch with her mom at the local Cracker Barrel. Sheila Eddie was tried as an adult. She pleaded not guilty and showed no remorse, but eventually changed her plea to guilty for first-degree murder, and she was sentenced to life in prison, and she would be eligible for parole after 15 years. On May 1st, 2013, Rachel was charged as an adult and pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. I think she took a plea deal or something to not, you know, that's Mm -hmm. why she got second-degree, because, I mean, it was so planned, right? Like, yeah. She did actually show remorse for what she had done, and she even apologized to Skylar's parents. Um, her parents were not having this, though. Like, her dad was like, you could sit on those apologies. She's like, it doesn't mean shit to him and his wife. You just killed our only daughter. Like, that doesn't mean shit, you know? So 18-year-old Rachel Schaff was sentenced to 30 years in prison, but she would be eligible for parole after 10 years. They're both being held in Lakin Correctional Center in West Virginia, and according to Change.org, which is written by Barry Batch, who's a friend of the Nice family, states, quote, On May 9th, 2023, Rachel Schoff will have her first parole hearing almost 11 years to the date of her full involvement in the planning and killing of Skylar Nice. We, the family and friends of the Nice family, remain steadfast in our belief that Rachel does not deserve to be paroled after serving less than half of her initial prison sentence, unquote. I've actually signed this petition myself, so if you guys feel so inclined to do it so yourself, um, so that way she can stay behind bars, you can go to change.org and search Skylar Niece. I'm also going to put this link in our show notes, so you can just check that out and click on it. The goal is 35,000 signatures. It's already gone, as of this morning, 28,268. So uh, May of 2013, West Virginia's Governor Earl Tomblin signed the legislation for Skylar's Law. 
This was put into place because like I had stated earlier, when Skylar went missing, no Amber Alert was issued because she didn't fall under the criteria to do so. Skylar's law now requires an Amber Alert to go out to the public immediately after a minor is reported missing, whether they are believed to have been kidnapped or not. To end this episode, these are some quotes from her father after the murder of his daughter. Her father stated, quote, This is something that has destroyed so many lives. The ripple effect behind this murder has touched the entire world, and that's not a good thing. They are both sickos, and they're both exactly where they need to be, away from civilization, locked up like animals, because that's what they are. They're animals, unquote. I don't blame him. Another statement from David was, quote, Something horrible happened here, but I wanted to take the horrible thing that had happened here and try to turn it into something good. A place that people can come and remember Skylar and remember the good little girl that she was and not the little beast that they treated her like, unquote. Ah, just disturbing hearing, you know, her father say that because it's just so senseless, you know. Um, Like I said, her her childhood friend Morgan, she said she'll always remember her laugh because her giggle was just like contagious. Um... Here's also a, a little clip of her father and her aunt, Skylar's father and aunt, talking about her 10 years after the murder. Skylar was the kid that every parent could dream of having. Just her smile and, and her giggle, you know, it was just wonderful. And it was contagious. She started laughing and you'd have to just start laughing because she was so funny. <laughs> She would even, she came in one day and said, Daddy, I need a piece of bread. And I said, Honey, what do you need the bread for? She said, I'm feeding ants. And I said, Feeding ants? Don't do that. And she said, Well, Daddy, they have to eat too. That's, that's the kind of heart she had. It was golden. She liked animals. She liked outside. Uh, one thing she would do is we go to my dad's and collect ladybugs. And um, she was so upset because she didn't put any air holes in the jug. And by the time we got home, they had passed away. And so she really hated it. So that was one of the things me and her had was ladybugs. We did a lot of things with ladybugs. She would never say a bad thing about anyone. And the story with that is I was sitting in front of the mountain layer with her one time, and I saw a guy walk in front of me. and. The poor fellow was very homely, and I said, oh my God, Skyler, look, it's the ugliest guy I've ever seen in my life. She said, how many beauty contests you won lately, father? And I'm like, yeah, I said, oh man, okay. So she taught me as, as many life lessons as I ever taught her. She was an ordinary little thing. She liked to play tricks on people, and she, um, she was very rambunctious. She was like that her whole life. <laughs> The tea party was one of my favorites. She, those little tea sets that you get kids have a hundred pieces. You step on it in the middle of the night, yell and scream because you hurt your foot. Those kind, of, yeah. Well, we were having a tea party and it was Skylar Daddy Day, so mommy had to work and we had many Skylar Daddy Days. So Skylar got the water and she would dump it in the pitcher and I'd drink it and it was, you know, we were having a tea party. So Mary comes home from work and said, "What are you guys doing?" Skylar said, I'm telling her, I'm telling her, I'm telling her, be quiet, Daddy. I said, okay. And she said, we are having a tea party. Daddy is the customer and I am the waitress. And Mary looked at me and said, Skylar, uh, she said, Dave, um, Skylar can't reach the faucet. Where's she getting water from? And I said, oh my God. I said, Skylar, where are you getting that water from that Daddy's already drank 20 cups of? 
she grabs my hand and pulls me to the bathroom and points to the toilet and says, right there, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a classic. I don't even think she meant to do that. That was just just who she was. I mean, a lot of fun. She she didn't see anything wrong with that. You know, it was cool. She just dipped it out of the toilet and I drank it. So yeah, that's some uh, some good memories, some funny memories of, you know, Skylar and her, her aunt with her dad and everything. So one thing I never mentioned, which may be another motive as to why they didn't want Skylar around anymore, was because it was thought that Rachel and Sheila actually liked each other. Like they may have had a sexual relationship with one another and Skylar may have known about it and may have, like I've read that she may have actually walked in on them while they were like in the middle of sex. And supposedly Rachel and Sheila didn't want Skylar to tell people about it. So they felt the need to kill her. Hmm. So that's maybe another motive as to why they did it. Kids they went to school with were actually talking about Rachel and Sheila after the murder, but it wasn't about their relationship, obviously. It was just about, like, they were, like, they felt that they actually knew that they did it the whole time or, you know, that they actually... But they didn't want to believe it because they were, like, they're such good friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. It's just so, uh, yeah, like I was saying, all the tweets. It's unbelievable, like, especially after the murder and everything. Sheila just tweets all this stupid shit. Um, I've also read that Sheila supposedly posted a tweet saying, quote, we really did go on three and it was supposed to be tweeted on March 30th, 2013, but I can't find it anywhere. So I don't know if that's just rumors or people saying stuff, but either way, she's just kind of chilling. And it's just like, Sheila doesn't give two fucks about what she did at all. I feel like she doesn't give even to this day, you know? So in my opinion, I hope these two fucking girls never get out of prison because they just don't deserve to be in society. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's a, the story of Skylar Niece. And again, if you feel so inclined to sign the petition to get Rachel to stay behind bars, do so. Um, I actually read that she may have gotten married to another inmate. So the whole lesbian thing might be kind of true. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah, that's the story of the murder of Skylar Niece. So yeah, three weeks, three weeks from tomorrow, I believe, is her first parole hearing after being arrested. So. Wow. Yeah, so sign the petition if you feel so inclined to. And that's uh, that's the end of it. So rate, review. It's a free way to help us out with this podcast, and it would mean the world to us. And yeah, thanks again for being here. Until next Monday. Thank you. Stay safe and be aware. Pay attention to your friends. Seriously. Seriously.